Hey, what's good, world? Justin Miller, owner of Legends of Athletics, and I'm here with another, we got another great episode on the podcast. I used to like to say a fire episode, but man, I don't give y'all enough content consistently now to say that on a regular basis. But uh, of course, it's always quality over quantity over on this side, and I'm a believer in giving you quality information. This is episode, I think I've done like 80 to 90 episodes. I didn't do a count before this one, but I know you got plenty in the library to go back through and, and listen to whatever you, you would have. But today we got a guest on, you know, of course y'all know me. I'm always on the hunt for new guests, new talent to get on the, on the podcast because I know my voice can get very mundane at times. And so me and this guy, we met through Instagram, linked up. He was very receptive, um, very responsive. And, you know, uh, in a matter of days, we got it done because people that want to get stuff done, they don't really waste time. And so, um, you know, now. we got, oh yeah, that, that's the only thing we can do. We can do it right now. So we got Nick Lighten, and when y'all see the name in the description, you're going it, to, it, it took me a minute to figure it out, but we got Nick Lighten on the podcast. He has nine to 10 years of experience, you know, within the sports performance world. And he has his CSCS, um, for those of you that are familiar in the strength and conditioning or strength coaching world, um, that that's the top of the top as far as certifications goes. And he has his master's in kinesiology as well. Nick, um, I'll let you introduce yourself a little further than that. I know I kind of gave like the general, the yeah. uh, surface level things, and I'll kind of let you get into it before we jump into the meat of the show. Cool. Yeah, I'm Nick Lydon. Um, currently right now, strength and conditioning coach at Chafee. I also own and operate uh, Athlete Academy. So that's another Instagram. That's... Uh, sports performance for high school to college level athletes. And then I personally run my own program called the peak performance program. Um, but my background, right. Oh, I was a big fat kid growing up like, and <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> and I always had the dream playing in the NFL and mm-hmm. uh, I found training and how it could help me become a better athlete. So that, that was always why I went into training. It was never for the bodybuilding, anything like that. It was to, perform better. And I, you know, I saw the results. I trained hard and played D one football at Cal Poly, some defensive end. Um, while I was there, you know, we had a strength conditioning coach and I believe his word was the gospel. Right. And I did mm-hmm. everything that they said. And then it came around to pro day and <laughs> I had worse numbers than I did when I was in high school. And then I realized there is more to this game than people think and people realize. So after that, that's what drove me to really get my master's in kinesiology and go mm-hmm. into the strength conditioning world to figure out what training does, how the body adapts to it, what improvements you see, whether it's in your strength, power, speed, velocity, agility, you know, vertical jump performance. I really spent the next, you know, five years diving into like what actually increases performance rather than just what is strength training and the heaviest weight you can get on the bar. Don't get me wrong. That stuff's important, but mm-hmm. it really started sparked that curiosity and got me into the training realm. Um, and basically from there, then I started, you know, working at different gyms, doing right, different things. Right. right? And then. I started my own business, started doing online coaching and stuff. And then better now we're into with the athletes and, and, and all that. So that that's a little bit of my journey and where, how I got to where I'm at today. Yeah. And that's, and that's uh, what you said is key. I mean, that's uh, something that I can say is what, that's what got me into um, the sports performance world. Of course I did not play college ball, but I know coming out of high school, um, just battling different injuries and those things not being addressed and then mm-hmm. questioning like what we were doing as far as like within our weight training program in the off season, because a lot of what we done, uh, it was great. And that, that day and age, everybody wanted to be the biggest you could be. It was all about size. But the yep. thing was, um, I felt that as an athlete, I suffered because the bigger I got, the slower I got, the bigger yep. I got, I got less efficient as an athlete. I wasn't able to move as freely when able to kind of do and be who I wanted to be. And so that's what kind of got me. I found that interesting because a lot of sports performance coaches now, I kind of hear kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, that's what triggers it to get you interested and motivated to want to do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's very a very interesting thing. So I guess, you know, jumping right into um, the pot, drop, jumping into the meat of this podcast, 
the first question I would ask is, you know, what drives your passion for sports performance coaching, which you kind of alluded to that um, and how you got into the business, which we kind of answered that as well. But what yeah, drives I would you to say, keep doing it every day? I know, I know at this point, nine years of the road, you got to have something else to, to get you going. It's because I'm selfish. Uh, yeah. And I, and I mean that because I'm trying to be the best athlete possible. So I'm still playing rugby and all that, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's part of it, right? That's what keeps me researching, staying up to date, trying to find the best methods. Because at a certain point, like I say I'm selfish, but I'm really not, right? Like I'm trying to find mm-hmm. what works the best. So for, for for my own, so especially as I'm aging, but I always think back, and it's one of the reasons that we started our business, Athlete Academy, is because when we were in high school, man, the shit we were doing was just like not. Like I look back, I'm like, damn, where have I could have gone if I had the yeah. right mentors in place, the right training in place that actually get me where I want needed to be. I think, you know, like you're saying, like it was all about getting big and strong, right? Which was uh-huh. great to some degree, like, but I put on like. I was like 250, you know, and I playing linebacker <laughs> and like my, I didn't need to be that big, right? I needed to work on other things like acceleration power, all these different things rather than squatting, whatever I was squatting. Like, you know, where is that, where are those diminishing returns when you're chasing one goal over actually what like pure athletic development and how it transfers onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our mission and what drives me is I, I, I want to help all these athletes that are in similar shoes that I was in. You know, I used to like sneak into gyms to try to get training sessions in because yeah. I couldn't afford it and different things. So that's what's always drove me is I wish that I had someone like myself who had the knowledge, expertise and resources to help guide me during that critical point in my life when I was trying to make these goals a reality because you know, as high school collegiate athletes, like you only have a limited amount of time and who you trust and who you take advice yeah. from, super critical because it'll mm-hmm. set your, the direction in the path. So I want to make sure that all of these athletes are on that right path or as close to it as I possibly can get them. Right, right, right. I mean, that's uh, I think that's something that that I can say that I've kind of alluded to even with with athletes that I've trained. I know when I was in uh, in school, um you know, I did work with a trainer as far as a speed coach, quote unquote, at that time. But we didn't go into depth as far as like, I don't think when I look back at my career, one thing that I always say is what else could I have done? I don't think sure. I got the max potential out of what I could have been and my and what my body could have done. Honestly, um, I look back. Uh, I had some old workouts. This has been a while ago. I had some old workouts. One day I just looked at them and reviewed them. And a lot of stuff we did was so front load, like it was all bench press, yep. the power clean, uh, of course the deadlifts. But like we didn't do pull ups, we didn't do anything that had to do with your back. It was all yeah. things that was on the anterior side of your body. It was never yep. anything on the posterior side. So um, with that, you know, I was kind of like, you know, no, no, um, did it didn't work on the on the uh, on the posterior. You know, your chain, like your yep. glutes, your hams how to get those in line and sync those together. We, it was a lot of things that were missing from that program. I can, I can tell you that. And you know, right. It was mostly get on the track, do some sprints, get on the field, do sprints. Um, Of course you go through your drills and things like that, but it was nothing that connected. And that's something, um, if any of you follow me on TikTok, um, that's something I just posted, you know, as far as like, if you're looking for a, a, if you're looking for a, um, a sports performance coach, like three things that I will look for is someone who can mm-hmm. communicate effectively, someone who is knowledgeable of the game or sport that they're trying to get you better at, and somebody who gives you practical advice on how to get better at that sport. Um, because like I said in that video, you get on Instagram, you get on TikTok, YouTube, whatever. It's a lot of stuff that look cool, but it translates zilch to the sport. Um, mm-hmm. one thing that you said that I thought was very interesting is that you're still active as far as playing rugby. Yep. Me personally, I just moved to a new area in Mississippi and, um, man, I don't play rugby, but Your team, bro, you love it, man. Hey, the resources are limited. But we, uh, <laughs> I do, I do play flag football, so I still oh, get nice. up and get, still get up and get active with that. And, you know, one thing that I can say, like as an older athlete, you know, it kind of, with that, you know, it changes the way that we navigate and we train our bodies and how we, what we can do. I know when I was in my early 20s, 
I could beat myself up every day, four or five days a week, six days a week, mm-hmm. go to sleep, recover. You didn't even have to worry about recovery. You just all you had to do was go sleep, wake up, do it again. Now I don't at, think I stretched once. Yeah. <laughs> now now at thirty plus, uh, I know going into the gym before I before I do anything, man, I gotta warm up. I gotta make sure that I, you know everything's warm and loose. Even when going mm-hmm. to the field, you know you gotta go through a warm up routine or go through some sort of stretching. Work on your mobility. Work on what fuels your body and, and things like that. How has your training changed from your twenties and thirties to what you do now? Yeah. So my younger days, I used to bang weight all day, every day, like you're saying. Yeah. Right? Like I, I, it was I could go and do heavy back squats, go hit RDLs, <laughs> go yeah, do yeah. bench, all same session, right? So I think your like your body can like you're saying, like your body, I mean, when you're younger, you have so much hormones pumping through your body. Like your body is just so much, it's just better able to recover, even though we're probably not doing the things that we need to, like taking into consideration your sleep and nutrition and other things that Mm -hmm. factor into your recovery. So I think there's two things that really have shifted for me um, as I get older is one is the recovery piece like you cannot recover so you have to be doing things to help your recovery um get to a higher degree right so i'm i'm a big believer that there's there's no such thing as like overtraining it's under recovering right mm-hmm. it's that's yeah yeah right you're not now take that with a grain of salt right like i'm not saying like you're gonna go do back squats every single day super heavy mm-hmm. like at a certain point like what i just said there is it's gonna it's gonna falter if you take some such extremes to it Okay, but in terms of recovery, I'm thinking, right, like what can I control? The two biggest drivers of recovery are going to be nutrition and what goes into that nutrition, the quality of food, the calorie amount, the macro breakdown. Are you providing carbs to your body, right? All that type of stuff so that your body can repair itself and get to that level. The second thing is sleep. Those two alone, like you taking care of those and then there's hydration, obviously. So I think it comes like the biggest thing is starting to focus more on recovery um and how that dictates some of my training i'm still a thin reliever like you know if you're sore i'm still training you know i'm still pushing mm-hmm. through that a little bit right um and as i've gotten older it's less on the strength pursuit right like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not constantly maxing you know and and, and going heavy all the time right because from from my for me personally like i built that strength Okay, like mm-hmm. that strength is built. It's very hard to lose a substantial amount of strength if you provide it just enough stimulus to hold it there. So right. I, I, in, a, in a strength building phase, right, if we're doing something like that, I'm probably hitting twice a week, two times a week spaced out 48, mm-hmm. 72 hours where I'm, I'm touching those numbers to allow my body to recover. But the other days during that training session will be more power focused, right? There'll be more mobility involved in that there'll be more plyometrics things aren't that aren't as demanding or cause as much kind of breakdown of like the joints necessarily so it's it's shifted more into rather than focusing on one quality of being better athlete of like strength it's like okay how can i improve like my power my velocity my my coordination and like my muscle sequencing right my mobility my coordination and all the other aspects that start to do it and that naturally in itself allows your body to recover a little bit better because it's not the same demand over and over and over and over on on my body it's it's a little bit different stimulus that aren't as taxing which allow me now there's also other things that i start to like exercise selection right like Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm banged up a little bit, you know, from a game or something, I'm not, even though it says like a heavy strength day, I'm supposed to be back squatting. I might substitute that out for something that doesn't have as much of an eccentric or loads of spine. I might go for like a heavy sled push or something Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. to allow myself to still get those training qualities, but, but not bang my body up as much. Um, But I would say that that's, that's some of the the two biggest things. Um, less is more. I think mm-hmm. as you get older. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like you don't necessarily need. I still train five to six times a week, but it it doesn't need to be four times a week of heavy heavy strength type mm-hmm. of work, right? I can I 
still get that in, but it's not the main thing I'm going for during each of those, each of those days that I'm in the gym. Cause my central nervous system will be fried. My body will be, be banged up. I'll be more at risk for injury. And like, I can't afford to get hurt. So, oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I definitely understand. That and I agree with you. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I, I know like for me, the last thing you said was something that I was going to allude to central nervous system. And one thing that I do have to do now is I had to prime my, my nervous system before any mm-hmm. type of like heavy, super heavy lift or any type oh, yeah. of explosive movement. Um, I, for a while, strayed away from doing things like power cleans and hang cleans, you know, post uh, football, because I was like, man, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of get like football. It's about how much you can do. It's not yep. really. I don't care about the technique. Get it up. <laughs> like yeah. that's, what, oh, 100%. that's what that's what that's what it's about. Yeah, so Dude, for my, while, my clean like, form used to be so sloppy, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it was like, yeah. get it up. It got it up. Cool. Dude, I know I know for a fact one time I think at the, the most I ever power clean was probably like two two fifty, two sixty somewhere in there, which is you know, these days if you work on your form, man, you can do a lot. Yeah, I can do a lot more than that. Um by just having good form. But oh, yeah. you know, when you're in a team setting, you don't have time to go over your form and stuff. But going back to what I what that central point was like, you know, I find myself having to prime my central nervous system more and warm up. And that, that when I say mm-hmm. warming up, that's what I'm kind of alluding to is getting my body in the training mode of what I'm going to be doing more than I did in my twenties where I could just walk in and just, you know, whatever I was going to do, I could figure out how to, how to do it, how to muscle yeah. through it versus being ready for it, being primed for it. And um, I think what you said is, is another thing too is, and, and I'm 32, I'm about to be 33 next month. And I'll say that, you know, for me, um, the second thing is listening. I have to listen to my body. Um, you know, some weeks I can go six days a week. Some day, some weeks I can go five, but it's mm. about listening. You know, because I I know the days when I go in and I'm like, oh yeah, today is going. I can hit a PR today and I can be all right. And then I know some days when I, where mentally I want to do it, but physically yeah. it's like, nah, it ain't happening. And so you know, it's um, I think just training smarter. Is one of the biggest things that that I've learned to do. Um, you know, yeah, again, I mean, going now, in your twenties, you know, yeah, you now just, I'm doing way more mobility stuff. Yeah, 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 to, right. Yeah, and oh. that's 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 key. I mean, because if you lose that, I mean, nothing else really matters, honestly. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer for my body to to warm up to that stuff. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> def, definitely have a couple more warm up sets before I get after it. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's the thing. So for any of y'all that are, are in your 30s, I know I see some people say, well, I can't do a single leg squat um, because of a knee injury I had in 2005. Well, I say this. I, this is my stance on it. Always address your issues and don't ignore them. Don't work around them, but address them head on. Because if you can do that, then you will get so much more out of exercise and explosive movement patterns and things like that because though plyometrics may seem um far out or insane or some people may deem it as crossfit uh if you're older those things keep your keep your joints keep your joint they actually keep your joints healthy i'll let you go to it you got it no, you'd be surprised how many people come in the comments like, do that when you're 40. I'm like, I will. I'll send you a video. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, one thing I think people don't really rec- like understand is that everything can be progressed and regressed to meet where you're at right now. Yeah, you can you know? scale it wherever you want, up or down. Right, when you're talking about your knee problems, right? Like, unload yourself, go body weight, use TRX to assist yourself, right? Like, what, you need to restore function to that muscle and to that range of motion in order to get like to make improvements. So it's not mm-hmm. like you can avoid it. Like you're saying the same thing with plyometric people are like, Oh, that hurts my joints. I'm like, yeah, well you probably went and did four by four sets of 15, like max effort box jumps before developing like joint stability, right. Mm-hmm. Developing the tendons to be able to handle that. It's like, it can all be progressed and regressed. Like you can start low level hops, right. Mm-hmm. Two feet, Start working multi-direction, take, make them a little bit bigger, make them a little bit bigger, work your landings, right? Like ensure the foundation is set, obviously, before you like go attempt some. I mean, I'm guilty for like, I think people sometimes think like, oh, this guy is doing this right now. But it's like, mm-hmm. where are you at right now? Right? Like if you're mm-hmm. not there, I have clients all the time. I'm like, yeah, like this is 
look, this is what it looks like when you're at your best, right? Like how I want it to be eventually. But right now, like scale that down, go 50%, right? Mm -hmm. Cut the, cut the reps in half, right? Like you got to build up to that, not only for, like I said, your joints and tendons, but like it's the load tolerance too. So like how much load and tension your body can load when you can build that, that tolerance up so that you don't over exceed that. And then that's when you start to get some of that pain, that joint discomfort, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a gradual thing. I think a lot of people just go zero to a hundred. And then if something happens, they're like, Oh, see, it hurt me or something. It's like, well, what approach did you take here? Did you just go straight into it? Did you not have any progressions or anything? So, because I would say, I'll add this to what you're saying. Uh, The thing about CrossFit and I'm a, I'm a put a spotlight on CrossFit for a second. The thing about CrossFit is, you can scale, but it really doesn't account for your experience level. It doesn't account for amateur, intermediate experience. It doesn't. It doesn't account for that. Now you can scale your weights. You can scale the boxes or whatever, but it doesn't account for that. So that's the difference I say with CrossFit as well. If I was going to say that, because if I tell somebody at the age of twenty-five to thirty who hadn't jumped since fifteen to jump. 30 times you're gonna blow your knee that's just i mean you're not like this that's not even sensible to do and so i think the other thing too like you say you have to scale it and do it in a smart way to me i've always looked at plyometrics as it's really not like if you're doing let's say let's start with the most basic thing a standard box jump if you're doing a standard box jump there shouldn't be in my world in my head and what i've seen there shouldn't be jumps where you're doing sets of 15 because really after six or seven, we're going to start seeing performance decrease and you're really not getting a return on it. So that's, that's another thing too. Like think in your mind, like whenever you're working out, because some, most of you probably don't have a trainer. This goes back to the listening to your body as a, as, and I'm going to talk to you guys at a performance-based sense in a performance-based sense. And Nick, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Performance-based sense. Whenever I'm doing a box jumps or squats or bench press, one thing I always keep conscious is what does my performance look like? I may want that extra two to three. Uh, I may want to put that extra 20 pounds on. But if I just bench press 275 and I got and I had to do sets of eight and I got to rep five and had to strain for three more, it really don't make a lot of sense to do another set of eight with 275. When I can break that down 10 to 15 pounds and get good bar speed, still get the muscle breakdown that I'm looking for it and, and everything like that, if that if that made any sense to you. Yeah, I think it all comes down to what is the the goal of the exercise or goal of the workout, right? Like what are you trying mm-hmm. to develop, right? You're trying to develop your strength, trying to develop your power, your hypertrophy, right? And then what is the exercise selection that you're you're choosing for that, right? So then it's like, okay. It's where the whole box jump things comes into play, right? Like you see it in CrossFit a lot. Like the the intention of a box jump is to maximize your your maximal force out or like power output, right? Output force yeah. times velocity, right? Mm-hmm. And then with that, there are typically in in any exercise there there are associated loads and associated reps that'll help you get more of one result than the other, right? So it's like the in the terms of the box jump, if you're doing four sets of fifteen, right? power development is like three to five, you know, maybe a little bit more back and forth. Right. But if you're doing sets of 15, right. Like maybe, maybe those first three to five, you're getting that, that power output. Hopefully if you're doing it with the right intention, the intention is huge around everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then like, so like, okay, now you're like doing conditioning and like burning calories and, you know, working something completely different with that sets of 15 compared to true power output. So you just have to match like your, 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 goal of what you're going for the exercise selection and the reps and the loads and make sure it's all intentional throughout it right so that's that's what i think a lot of people get like mixed up on is like not having the right exercise selection or Mm -hmm. reps or intention behind the exercise when for a goal they're trying to achieve and i think that's why a lot of people can try to say like oh i want to get more powerful but then you know like okay well, why are we doing like more hypertrophy type work? Like we're not maximizing the mm-hmm. velocity component of it, right? So mm-hmm. again, it, it it all comes down to matching 
the stimulus exercise and the goal that you have to get the results that you're looking for when it, when it comes down to a lot of this stuff. And, and, I got you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So we're, we're both I still. Know if I answered your question, to be honest. No, you did. You did. You did. You did. Um, I mean, because that's what, like, and to, you know, to give another point to it, you know, with anything, um, and I will say it's harder if you don't have somebody as knowledgeable around you. But even with box jumps, I, I know there is a such thing as too much. Like, just because you can jump on a 24-inch box, if you're jumping and you're jumping, how do I describe it? And you're landing in a full squat. That's a lot of load, believe it or not, though you're already in a deloading position on your knees. Um, so, again, that just depends on what your what your goal is. If you're max output, that may be a time and place. But if you're just looking to have quality reps, enhanced reps, then doing that type of jump, and then you got to think about the height too, uh, 24 ain't that tall, but think about the height that you're jumping at, then, you know, what are you getting from that sequence would be the the biggest thing. Right, and then it's how are you doing it, right? Are you jumping and then pulling your knees up to, mm-hmm. like if you're going for tucking, two, like a jump, a, Yeah, are you tucking your knees up so you cheat, in my opinion, if your goal is peak power output and try to jump as mm-hmm. high as you can, mm-hmm. like you'd, you'd want to try to jump on that box with as not necessarily straight, but getting more of a true power output and then absorb the landing at a higher level versus, you know, the other way where you just jump, pull your knees up super high. It's like, yeah, you're working your hip flexors to help get you up that high. But again, you're matching the, what am I trying to get out of this mm-hmm. in this regards versus like what I'm actually doing. And then like all the power strength, all that stuff, then you could like going deeper into the woods too, like what specific qualities are you working? Right. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like, I don't think any exercise is, I don't like saying like this exercise is bad. I think it's it's more of are, if that's the goal and are you performing it with the right intention and and how you're supposed to do it to get, to get the result that you're looking for, you know, because everyone has different goals, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so if someone's doing repeat box jumps, right. And they're like, Oh, I'm trying to like work ground contact time or something, getting off the ground quickly, you know, that's going to be a lot different than say like maximizing the amount of like muscular driven power you can get out of say, like starting from a stationary position and then jumping Mm -hmm. up high. So, so there's, there's a lot like you can get into the weeds a little bit, but I, you know, it, it all comes back to what's the intention and what's the goal behind the exercise. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, because we, man, we could have a whole podcast on plyometrics alone. Oh, for sure. Uh, because you have the, it's so many factors, body weight, body composition, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been to the gym and seen a trainer attempt to make somebody 250, 300 pounds leap up off the ground with no muscle density at all. And well, you're let's looking start, let's start a like, jump rope. <laughs> 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 it's like, Man, you asked for a blown, a blown total knee replacement is what I'm looking at. Oh yeah, but, for uh, sure. I'll ask you this question: Do you recommend? Uh, do you recommend me and you are still? I, I guess you know. I throw myself in there. You're still active as far as playing sports. I still play sports as far as uh, pickup games, mm-hmm. being active, things like that. Do you recommend like an athletic style of training for adults that 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 are, I say this, I put this in quotes that are not elite level athletes because I know some people say, oh, you're not an NBA player, you're not an NFL player, so you can't say you're still an athlete. So do you do you recommend this style of training for adults that are looking, just looking to be more mobile, looking to kind of be, I say the word athletic, mm-hmm. um, do you recommend that style of training or more of a traditional uh, split style training, bro splits, things like that. Yeah, I like training uh, movement over muscle. You know what I mean? Like movement, mm-hmm. like specific movement over muscle. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you're older and you only give a shit about like going and looking good, like then I'd be like, okay, this probably isn't for you. Like, but if you're someone who's like, I want to become like, one of your goals is to move better, right? Have a better long longevity of being able to do things that you want right? Whenever that, whenever that happens, then I would say, yes, it depends on where you're at, your previous training history, your age, right? And then Mm -hmm. scaling it to where you're at to meet your needs and then progressing it from there. Um, 
you know, because I think a lot of people think like, so, I mean, there's, as you get older, there's a three to 5% decrease in your muscle or in your power production per year. Right. And then if we take that like 30, 40 years down the road, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, right. How do you, what happens at the muscle to be able to catch yourself? If you miss a step, right. You, you stumble, Mm -hmm. right. That's quick twitch. It's power based, right. You're having to activate your fast twitch muscle fibers to react quickly to then plant and put your foot where you need to be. But if you're lacking that type of muscle fiber in, in that training, not saying you need to be doing 48 inch box jumps, right. But you can be doing mm-hmm. other things like small landings and still working and training those qualities and your nest central nervous system, you're going to have a greater quality of life later on. It just needs to be scaled to where you're at to meet what you're trying to do later in life and in the quality of life that you're having. I mean, that plus I've never been in better shape in my life than when I've trained like an athlete and tried mm-hmm. to be more athletic. But it's, I think it has a athletes don't focus on one goal primarily for too long, right? They train through a spectrum of different goals. So if right. your goal is like overall health, being able to move well, then targeting and hitting those different qualities of strength, power, speed, right? Speed mm-hmm. looks very different for very different people, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I would speed, you know is a great way to have some good like central nervous development, fast switch muscle fiber stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to be like max velocity sprinting, like a hundred meters. Right. If you're someone mm-hmm. who's 50 or 60 years old and not, you're not doing that, but if you're trying to do that, then yeah, it needs to be in there. And then your balance stability, um, mobility, that is all, mm-hmm. you know, incorporated into athletic training and then like conditioning and being in shape. Um, I, I mean, all of those are going to make you perform better at whatever you do as an mm-hmm. individual and as a human. So for me personally, I think a lot of people who are after quality of life and feeling athletic and being able to do what they want when they want should be mm-hmm. training like an athlete. If you're someone who just cares to look better, you know, mm-hmm. then, then maybe not, but I still think, if you understand the mechanism behind muscle growth and different things, you get all those qualities by training like an athlete. So I'm super biased because yeah, yeah. you can get I all those things. Yeah. I definitely think that you, I mean, I, I think that, you know, training like an athlete, you get all those benefits. I mean, you're going to burn fat. I mean, because yeah, that's what conditioning you is. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't be running and all that stuff and have it all, have a lot on you. I think, you know, you're going to gain muscle. Um, now there is a point where our bodies will stop, uh, you know, building as much muscle i think maybe when you're i mean genetically speaking depending on who you are you know past that 35 mark 40 mark uh you may see some decline but i think if you stay active um that decline won't be as harsh as if you did nothing at all of course that's just natural yeah and Um, you can build a higher threshold to start from as it mm -hmm, declines mm -hmm. too so you won't see as noticeable like if you're starting with a hundred and you drop down to fifty versus someone who's starting at five hundred and it drops down to four fifty, like you right. know what I mean? And right. It's gonna be a lot, I mean, a lot I, different game in your sixties, seventies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll say, you know, for me, one thing that I can say is, you know, I, I see the meme or have seen a meme go around where people say, you know, when's the last time you ran full speed? And I'm like, you know, I I'm blessed to say that I still can run full speed without blowing the tires. Yep. Um you know, and that's a, that's another benefit to me of, you know, just athletic performance training. You Again, going back to that key word we said, like scaling it or deloading or increasing your load, um, you can control that. Now, can I run go out there like I did it in, at 18, 25 and, and go to a football field and run 20, 110s? No, it's not. No. But can I go out there and do – what's within range and still get the same benefits and results I can. Um, and that's also keeping my movement patterns correct because where I could stop sprinting and come back and be a flat foot runner because your body, whatever you don't use, you lose. Um, and have to retrain myself on landing, landing patterns, uh, foot placement, uh, where my foot lands, how to mm. uh, produce force into the ground, how to, um, cycle my legs through, uh, the gait pattern of, of sprinting, then I don't have to deal with all that. I can just keep doing the same thing I'm doing. And that's with less cause, less risk for injury as well. Cause I'm not risking 
a hip flexor injury, uh, a torn. Well, you got to be, and I'll say this, and I'm not being funny to anybody listening, but you got to be fast to, to to blow a hamstring, but <laughs> um, or severely deconditioned. But you know, I don't have to run those risks. Uh, you know, you keep good joint stability and things like that. So um, that's those are some of the, some of the benefits that I see from that as well. So I totally agree with what you said. A, a second layer to that question: How would you persuade um, adults that have been at some point in their life athletic but have faced injury to be um, to to train this way that we're talking about? You know, with the hand cleans the power cleans, uh, addressing mobility and the movement patterns um, with being more explosive or b- more mobile. How how could you word that to to persuade somebody who goes to the gym, they do their normal, been doing this normal routine since post-high school to train as an athlete? Right. So, I mean, it depends on what the injury is and what's happening, right? So it's mm-hmm. almost like two separate questions to mm-hmm. me or two separate things, right? It's kind of what we talked about before, like working through the issue, not avoiding it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's first step is, is restoring function to the muscle, restoring function, function to the joint, right. And getting them to be pain-free or close to it as possible. Like obviously there's catastrophic things, right. If something happened, you're in a car crash. I mean, like some of that stuff's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But there's always, again, exercise selection, progression, or regression that you can choose from in order to get around that, right. To develop mm-hmm. those qualities. Um, so, I mean, you can make it like, if I'm trying to sell dudes, I'm like, do you want your golf game to improve? You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously, you know what I mean? Um, but I think you could take it one step further, right. For, especially for like parents, um, you know, it's like, what do you, don't you want to be able to go out and like show your kid how to run, show mm-hmm. your kid how to throw a ball, be able to run around with them, be able to do these things rather than like, Oh, back in my day, I was able to do that. Like actually serve as the role model to be that person for the son or daughter. Right. Then if you take mm-hmm. it a step further for someone who's maybe a little bit older than that, it's like, what is the quality of life you're looking for? Right. Explosiveness and power right? It's where you're at now and where we're trying to go. It's not necessarily you need to be jumping, broad jumping 12 feet, right? That's not what we're Mm -hmm. talking about, right? But having that power and stability, like, do you want to be able to go out and like do yard work, pick these things up, not have assisted living, right? Like maintain uh, independence um, for your activities of daily life, you know, not have to call, be on the little life alert commercial when you miss a step, right? (laughs) Like, but those are all things, right? And I think people get they don't think about that stuff they, they're they so caught in the i want to look good type feeling and mm-hmm. type aesthetic that they forget about how this all works all together in a complete system and throughout your life right so those would be some of the things i would touch upon um you know if we're, we're really trying to get how it looks for someone later in life mm-hmm. um again i mean like there's no better feeling in the world than like, well, to me, at least like being able to do whatever I want when I want, right? Like not mm-hmm. being limited, not, not having limitations due to my physical capabilities, right? Exactly. Like, I, I want to be able to go and sprint up a hill and do whatever I want, right? Like, or I want to mm-hmm. be able to like, when I go on vacation or do something like not be like, oh shit, I, I don't think I can do that, right? Like, I want to <laughs> be able to enjoy, right? I just want to be able to enjoy life as much as I possibly can and never be physically kind of limited by something I could have taken care of myself, right? By training. Hey, everybody. Real quick, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And I want to give a plug in to another great podcast that I'm a part of. And I want you guys to go over and give it a listen. Tune in to the Quality Control Podcast hosted by Mario Harris and myself, Justin Miller, uh, with plenty of quality content, quality conversations with quality people. And give that a listen, like, share, comment, subscribe. Now back to the show. Yeah, I like I like the fact of being able to. Um, I just like sports, man. 
<laughs> like I just like to play sports. I mean, I don't. Bro, there's guys in our fifties on our rugby team. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. I want to be doing that. Like, I mean, there's people there. Like, uh, they're like, oh man, you know, you're gonna get injured. You don't hurt yourself. You know, this, that, whatever. It's like, it's <laughs> like, man, you know, just get out there and do it. I mean, like, yeah, thirty. Like, you have athletes. I mean, LeBron James is 38 years old, still playing professional basketball against 20 year olds. You have Tom Brady, who was 45, I mean, it didn't look that great, but still getting out there playing a contact sport. It's level. Yeah, I mean, at his highest level. So, I mean, like, I look at guys like that, not saying that I'm that elite, but looking at it from an age standpoint, it's like, oh, I'm still relatively young. I can still do this if I want to. And it's just, you know, it's, it's really, like you said, a state of mind, you know, being soft and just taking that road. Um, last last yeah, couple I of things. say being say being soft but it's like it's really your mindset around it like yeah you know you know what i mean it's like either you think you, th- Mental- you, think you can or you think you can't right and if you think you can't yeah. you're never gonna do it right Just- and, me- and, and mentally yeah yeah, yeah ahead, i'm, I'm sorry i was like yeah, mentally mentally you have to uh get to a point too where you come to grips with like what we kind of alluded to earlier i'm not as young as i was so if you're expecting <laughs> the same output and performance at 30 that you had at 20, then of course you're going to be disappointed. So you got to figure out how to work around that too, but you can get better. I I will attest to that, that you can, you can increase your IQ and your actually your drop off is not as great. If you stay active, if you stay within the game and you keep doing the things that, that it takes, you won't drop off as far as you, you won't fall off the cliff. Like some people think. Plus, training to be athletic is a hell of a lot more fun, like you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. There's there's more variety in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as mundane. It's it's. I mean, I enjoy everything I do. I, I'm never bored of like a workout. You know, it's never like, oh shit, I got this again. You know, it's yeah. like there's, it's, there's there's a little bit more variety in there, and it makes it fun. So how do you how do you fuel your body for training? How do you like what do you take in? You know, I know you I know you had to get into like the 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 scientific macros yeah, yeah. And all that, but like how do you that's something that I know like as far as athletics goes it's a little different than with bodybuilding and things like that how do you feel yourself to to do that every day because I know we talk about sleep patterns and recovery but also you need fuel to be able to, to carry out what you're trying to do for sure so I mean I one I try to make sure that I'm like eating enough calories, right? Like, I'm not trying to lose weight right now. So if you are, it's a little different, calorie deficit, stuff like that, right? But, um, I mean, I'm simple. Like, I, I have a very simple mindset around mm-hmm. nutrition. Like, I try to eat like a dog, right? Same mm-hmm. quantity, same times, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't bitch and complain, like, what food it is, if it tastes <laughs> yeah. that great, right? Like, yeah. I, just, I, I get it in. Um, you know, and I think that that has kind of served me well, but in general, I, I keep it real simple. I try to make sure that, like, there's I, vegetables, right? Like, I'm always eating some sort mm-hmm. of vegetable. I'll rotate those out, right? So it's not the same thing over and over. I'm getting some diversity, a healthy sar- carb source, right? Like a bean, a rice, a mm-hmm. potato, whatever, right? That's my carb source. That, that That's, like, my energy I see in my head, right? Like, if mm-hmm. I go do a bunch of sprints and a hard workout, like, I'm like, okay, I need to refill that. Those are my carbs. That's my energy, right? And then I just try to get a lean source of protein it doesn't matter what it is i rotate through them like a fish salmon right i'll try to do meat mm-hmm. you know chicken whatever it is um and then the healthy fats right so i think a lot of people and healthy fats are uh like avocados nuts seeds right gotcha. you know um that that more is like in terms of like your brain health and hormonal health um so for me i mean i don't know you want to get into like macro splits or anything like that but I really just try to keep it quality food, whole foods, right? And I, you know, I'll take, I'll take like a multivitamin sometimes if I feel like I'm not getting enough fruits and vegetables in. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. to mention I eat fruits, right? Because I try to get most of my vitamins and minerals through the foods that I'm actually eating uh, with everything. Um, and it really comes down to like, Again, it's like how much energy are you putting back into your body? Like if I'm, I'm going to go play a rugby game on Saturday, so I'm making sure, and you can do this with your workouts as well, that I have I have energy in the system, 
an hour to two hours before. So I'm not mm-hmm. depleted. Like my muscles are full of glycogen, right? So I'm having some carb sources and protein sources. Okay. And then immediately after or an hour after, sometimes I can't eat right after like guilty. I can't do that. Like I just need time to chill. Yeah. Um, get, let your body calm down. Yeah, exactly. Like I just like, I just need water. Just give me water. I can't eat right yeah. now. Um, but again, it's the same thing, but I'll just add in some like fats and stuff. So I basically, I basically try to get, um, all the nutrients in, but they're more predominantly focused on the carbs and protein sources, just Mm -hmm. from how much work we're doing and then just getting adequate amount of fat. So I, I probably follow more of like, and it depends a little bit on like what type of sport you're doing, like long duration, all that stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, like essentially like how much carbs you're going to be consuming and, and, and all that. So, but I, I typically fall within like a 35 to 45, maybe up to 50% carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. 30 to 40, sometimes a protein. And then depending on what's going on, like getting an adequate amount of like the rest coming from fats. Um, but I keep it really simple and then it's just pre and post nutrition, um, before and after competition or training. Um, and then, you know, to support myself, I'll do like some microgreens or something like the little green powders and stuff. If Mm -hmm. I can't get some of that in, um, you know, supplement stuff, I'll take creatine, protein powders, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, there's a large amount of people who under consume the actual necessary calories that they need, which over the long term leads to Mm. a, chronic like breakdown of the body right so Mm -hmm. you're not you're not recovering enough and then that's when like oh i feel like shit i didn't get this training in your technique goes and then boom like something happens right like your muscles aren't recovered enough Mm -hmm. so i hope that helps i try to keep it super simple i used to get into the weeds with like oh i'm gonna do this fasting or this protocol high low carb all this and then as i've gotten older it's like what can i do consistently what is easy for me, I don't, you know, I don't like spending mm-hmm. time cooking, cooking and all that stuff and like making sure I'm just covering my bases with what I'm doing. Um, so I, yeah, hope I, that, I hope that, I hope that helped a little bit. If you want more specifics, yeah. please just ask and I'll dive into it a little more. Oh yeah. It's, um, no, nah, that, that's, that's, that's good, man. I, I was going to refer to some of your, um, resources as far as that, you know, cause I know you have plenty of those, um, yep. as well. I, I will say, you know, with per- performance i guess i would say performance-based training um fuel is a very important thing and so that's why that question was something i wanted to know because i have felt like that some days where i know i may try something like or i have tried like fasting or i've tried cutting cutting carbs actually and it's like man you do not get the same output because if you feel like it's it's one thing to feel like if you're in a calorie deficit and you feel like, oh, you know, I just need maybe a little bit more. But it's another thing where you like, man, my, my arms feel heavy or like my body feels heavy because you can't do anything outside of that because you're limited as far as what your body's even able to accomplish. So you'll have a wasted day if you don't, like you said, going back to what you said, if you don't have enough fuel in your in your tank, you'll have a wasted day for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like think of it like, Right. Like if you're trying to increase your power or in strength. Right. And mm-hmm. you're putting at yourself at a 10 percent deficit due to your lack of nutrition. Your body's never going to reach that new kind of high stimulus to tell your mm-hmm. body to make the adaptations. Right. And if you do that over the long term, you're not going to get the results you want at being at 100 percent if you're taking care of your nutrition, your sleep and all this other stuff. So what's something in conclusion that you could leave everybody with? You could give one health tip to improve health, mobility, uh, what have you. What's something that you could leave leave us with? Uh, I'll go with mobility. I think a lot of people um, need to do more loaded mobility through greater ranges of motion, you know, whatever that ends up being. So, you know, obviously, like, you can start body weight if that's what the, the amount of load that you need. But I think once you've progressed to a certain point, and even for me, like sometimes adding 10, 15 pounds to say like a side lunge or something helps me get in a deeper position, which mm-hmm. then allows me to strengthen that muscle, improve the flexibility in those areas by getting me in those deeper positions and, and then using the tension, not only for my body, but 
you know, the weight for my body, but the weight, the added weight from the, the load that I'm carrying to help improve mobility overall. Um, I think if more people did loaded movements at greater ranges of motion, they would start to feel a lot better. They wouldn't have mm-hmm. to maybe chronically stretch as much because the mm-hmm. muscle would already be adapted to be able to go into those range of motions um, just from what you're doing. So that's one thing. That's a whole nother topic, though. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you. you start doing that, I think it think will help out um, a lot. I know it's helped me out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is train hard. I don't think people yeah. train hard enough. I think they think they're training hey, man, hard. We, we and, got the phones now, so. Yeah. The phones distract enough. <laughs> For sure. I would say most people's what they think is a 10 out of 10. Not not like athletes. Athletes get it. And people have been in like a weight room setting like that. I think most people's 10 out of 10 is actually like a 6 to a 7 out of 10. So yeah. if, you're not, if you're not progressing sometimes. Now, the, granted, there's a lot of ways to increase intensity with load time under tension all that Mm -hmm. stuff right like go a little harder your body can handle it i think you'll see a lot more results i definitely agree with that um i was gonna say if if i was to add anything to this podcast give you guys one health tip i would definitely say don't be afraid to go a little heavy um within what your go to the outer limits a little bit um push yourself if if that's not something that you're used to work up to it but don't be afraid to go and see what your body can do while you can do it um i think a lot of people waste uh their youth not seeing exactly what strength goals you can hit um and the stronger you are the more muscle you can obtain and if you do that then once you get older um like nick talked about you won't have that big of a drop off and if you got plenty of muscle to work with you're able to do so many more things. And if you got that mobility with it, there's nothing you can't do um, for a while, especially if you're relatively young. Um, and that young these days, you can go up to 40s, 50s, and you can still be able to have a good a good um, lifestyle um, and way of living. If any of you want to go to Instagram and follow Nick, you can follow him at Nick underscore, underscore not underscore, underscore, Lighten, uh that's nick underscore and that's l-e-y-d-e-n um or you can go and follow athlete academy um on instagram um and he has plenty of videos and things there also if you go to nick.athleteacademy slash uh dot us slash then you can find uh resources there as far as uh free pdf guides um and things like that that he has he has plenty of resources and if you want to go into more of those you can thank you i appreciate that yes sir um and so y'all make sure y'all i'll put it in the show notes and y'all make sure y'all go and do that if you are interested in trying that style of training even on his instagram page he does have uh the workout demonstrations and he does have you know rep ranges and things like that so you can look and check all that stuff out um, if you just go give him a follow and give him a shout. And, you know, um, I tell you guys every time, all, all the time, I always end the show with this. Uh, get 1% better each and every day because 1% is easier to grasp than 100% because that's impossible. So get 1% better each and every day. Take the road with less travel and be legendary.